welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy, Marla, Craig, and Dan. Kate says she'll be here a little late. Guys, I apologize. We're going to talk about cracking the safe today. I thought Sensei was going to be here. He had emailed me that he was not going to be able to make it, and I did not see the email. It's uh, My apologies. I sprung this on you guys at the last minute. And it is a horrendous story to spring on at the last minute, too. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's even better. Maybe, maybe that's the way that uh, you need to look at a story like this is the last minute, because maybe then we'll be empty enough and without our own ideas that we may be able to see something, because that's the only way I'm going to see much out of this. I've got one idea, and that's about it. Uh, so hopefully we can be open to see see something out of this or maybe not we'll just had an interesting thing dan uh let's talk about for a minute while we're waiting on kate uh about the email that you were sent about Taoist prayers you you emailed me and you said what would be a Taoist prayer what would a Taoist pray what would a Taoist prayer look like I was like, hmm, I hadn't really thought of that. What would y'all think a Taoist prayer would look like? If you're not asking for something, what are you praying? What are you praying about if you're not asking? Right, exactly, Marla. Praying about. Yeah, so so I guess it would go back to what prayer is. Is prayer asking for things? If it is, would a Taoist ask for anything? Just for to be a sage. Or would a Taoist even ask for that? Probably not. No, he'd just become one. Would it not be more of a gratitude? Would it not be most more seeking gratitude? Yeah. Or giving gratitude? So just letting go. How how would you pray to let go? Without asking? Or like the what the that Stephen Mitchell talked about, uh, that uh, Soto, the Buddhist, told the uh, individual that uh, was having difficulty with their uh, having peace in their life. She told uh, them, everything that happens every day, say thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. (laughs) That reminds me of a sponsor text me um, two weeks ago. It was like PG84, anger. It's like, what's up? I've nothing to complain about. I was like, okay, let's <laughs> <laughs> work then. <laughs> he, was, he was upset the fact that had nothing that was upsetting him. He thought there was something wrong. What a great yeah. place to be. <laughs> okay, so I I have a couple thoughts that I sure. can share. Um, I have two thoughts. One is that I feel like, okay, so we, when we ask, like, what's prayer and meditation? Meditation is listening, prayer is talking, right? And so if I put it in that sense, then 
I pray to God, pray to the Tao like all the time. When I ask the higher power, the sage, the the Tao, like please show me something different or please help me see this a different way or please help me to accept that which already is, help me to get to my original nature, that stuff. I feel like that's okay. Um, and I'm comfortable with basically like, you know, like the third step prayer, seventh step prayer. I feel like that's all in line with my practice. Now, whether that's Dallas per se or not, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing that I had what that I was thinking about, I was like, well, you know, Taoism is what, like 4,000, 5,000, maybe it's like a lot. It's really old. Um, there's gotta be some prayers out there from like, you know, ancient Chinese prayers or, you know, something like that. that so those were the two things that I was kind of thinking about in response to, to that question. So you think there's gotta be some for some type of prayer because it's been around for so long. There must be some kind of a practice of prayer. Yeah. So I feel like, okay, so there's, there's Taoism, which is like the series of like rituals and practices and ranks and all that other, like the religion of Taoism, like, mm-hmm. you know, like that that's been handed down from generation to generation. Like there's gotta be something that they do. Right. But as like practitioners and as students of the Tao, like, I don't know that we necessarily have to just subscribe to, you know, the rituals and, and everything that ter- that traditional Taoists do. You know what I mean? We, we've we talked about the Taoist farmer many times. Yeah. Do, are you familiar? We've talked about that since you've been around, right, Amy? The um, His horse ran away on his farm and, oh, we haven't? Okay. I'll tell it real quick. Tell it real uh, quick. His horse ran away and his neighbors said, isn't it awful your horse ran away? He said, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. This is a horse he used for his farm. And then the horse came back a few days later with five wild horses. And then the neighbors again, isn't it great? Your horse came back with all these wild horses. Now you're rich. You have all these extra horses. His answer was the same. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. He just doesn't know. Then his son was out breaking the wild horses and broke his leg and couldn't help on the farm and his neighbors again. Isn't it awful? Your son broke his leg, uh, you know, training those horses. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Then the army came around taking all the young men to fight in a war that they'd never returned from. His son didn't have to go because his leg was broke. Then the neighbors again. Same deal. Isn't it great? Your son's leg was broke, you know, blah, 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 you know, and he's maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So what prayer do you think the Taoist farmer would pray? Would he pray anything other than thank you for everything? Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. <laughs> that would be a smart answer. Uh, there we go, Craig. Yeah, that's a good one, Craig. Good answer. Uh, really, isn't that not the case, though? Uh, yeah, so, it's really so it's all about accepting. Sorry, what were you guys going to say? Let's say he does not have to pray for anything because he's got it all. Right. So, if we're looking at the vinegar from the vinegar taster's point of view, from Lao Tzu, basically saying, hey, this is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Let me just participate and enjoy it. 
mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I see your point, buddy, like in terms of, well, there is nothing to do. As you said before, there's nothing to accomplish. There's Thank nothing you for to everything. Achieve. Right. All right. Well, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> I think I think a minute ago, Dan, you said that prayer was talking, right? Meditation is listening and prayer is talking. Yes. Um, and I like that. Um, that word instead of prayer being a petition asking for something. Um, I prefer it um, for me where I am in my journey is, is literally just a conversation. Um, It's not really me saying, give me, give me, give me anymore where it used to be. It is more of like Craig said, and thank you for even the struggles that I go through because I know there are teachable moments. It may not feel like it right now, but thank you in advance for what I'm going to learn from this experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There's certain times where I sit there and I journal just to, you know, I, like I've done like the, the conversations with God thing, right. Where you're, you're writing and then you get a divine response or your channel or something like that. So I think in that sense, that's, that's having that conversation. Like you said, Amy. Y'all see it moving more from when I first started, it was all prayer and no meditation. And it moving from a lot of prayer and no meditation to a lot of meditation and no prayer, very little prayer, very little talking and a lot of listening. Y'all see that too? For me, that seems to be the direction. Yeah. Yeah. And taking those labels off of circumstances so that. They just are not making them good so that I create a bad and not making them bad. So I'm looking for something good because when I, when I make one, I'm, I'm automatically starting to look for the opposite. Yeah. Like another shoot which can be so good. I'm like, Oh, this is good. It can't stay this good. Something's got to happen to make this bad. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I do that, I steal the joy, any bit of joy that I might be able to experience in the moment. So, again, for me, where I am in my journey, I would much rather enjoy this moment. I mean, it takes me less time to get back into the moment than it used to. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, I used to, again, I used to pray for, give me out of this situation, or can I get this, or please do that, or please do that. And it was really more me demanding that my needs get met instead of being there's that word acceptance again being an acceptance of where i am as where exactly where i need to be you know if i can accept where i'm at and find some gratitude in what's going on i can make most situations i don't say enjoyable but at least much more tolerable and somewhat enjoyable than what they used to be. You know, a bad situation. Marla, you're grinning. <laughs> you know, I was only thinking just of this particular incident that happened today. And uh, my car is usually parked in the garage. Um, but my husband's been using the garage to work out in. So he parks my car in the outside and it frosted today because it was 
freezing ass today. And I really, you know, I'm walking downstairs. I see this frost all over my car and I start getting really mad. And in, in like a nanosecond, like mad because your car needs, needs to be defrosted for a minute. You have a car. <laughs> you know, it's, I quickly came to a, a point of gratitude today. So that's something that happened in real life to me. And it happens often. But isn't that that idea, though, of just finding gratitude in everything rather than, you know, looking half full and finding that gratitude in things rather than finding what I don't like about something? I have a car. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's turning it around. It's that shift from pessimism into optimism, right? Yeah. There can be one line on the glass and and I can see it as it's half empty or I can see it as half full. And now I'm more of a half full kind of chick than I used to be. Before we <laughs> more of, story, not all the time. Well, no, me too. It's gradual. It's been progressive though. That it, it, I've come to that same conclusion. Kate, we were having a conversation about prayer waiting on you to get here so we could start the story because none of us have a clue as to what this story is about. We're hoping you have it. I don't know. This story, I have no idea. <laughs> well, I don't oh, know what I'm talking about. Let me, uh, let me run something else by y'all that I was thinking about this week that has to do with, we were talking, Kate, about um, what a Taoist prayer would look like. And we concluded that a Taoist would pray for nothing because a Taoist would be accepting of things being exactly like they're supposed to be, I think, is where we're at. Right. Uh, and I was thinking about step 11, where it says praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. I used to read that, and I don't know why for me, I would, you know, sometimes I read things and I flip it around in my head and think it means something different than the words that are said. And I thought that meant that I prayed for the will of God in my life. That's just how I mentally translated this, that I prayed that, that I would see, you know, that I would have the will of God in my life. And then when I got to look at it this week, I was looking, I said, hmm, it just says pray for the knowledge of his will. Like as if maybe his will is happening the entire time. I just can't see it. Like It's not that I need to pray that his will be done in my life. Maybe his will is being done in my life. And what I need to do is become spiritually aware enough that I can see what's going on. I don't know. That was that was something new this week. I don't know if that's. Uh... No, that's dope. I, I kind of like have experienced that. Right. It's like, hey, wait a minute. God moment here. God moment there. I'm having God moments all the time. Wait a minute. I've been having them the whole time. I'm just more aware of them now, right? Like, Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking, really, man. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that, that takes that a little a little deeper. Because I was like, oh, man, I could pray for all this stuff, just knowledge of his wealth. That's boring, right? <laughs> but is that not close to what a Taoist might pray if they were going to pray anything? You know, they'd be more aware of seeing acceptance in all things. I don't like your answer, but I'm but I'm good with it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think that's that. Feels. No, like there's there's nothing for me to ref, you know. I mean, it's like 
it makes sense, right? Like the the whole the vinegar is ta- tastes the way it needs to taste. That's the way it is, right? And just being okay and satisfied with that, like nothing, nothing to complain about, nothing to fight. Yeah, no, there's thank nothing you I for everything. Yeah, or augment it. Thanks for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. Our story for today, Cracking the Safe. Who would like to read? Would someone read this for us, please? I was hoping we'd forgot about it. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, let's go through it and see what happens. I'm sure Kate's going to enlighten us. She always does. I'll be happy to read. Thanks, Amy. Uh, I'll give it a whirl anyway. <laughs> Cracking the Safe. For security against robbers who snatch purses, rifle luggage, and crack safes, one must fasten all property with ropes, lock it up with locks, bolt it with bolts. This, for property owners, is elementary good sense. But when a strong thief comes along, he picks up the whole lot, puts it on his back, and goes on his way with only one fear. That ropes, locks, and bolts may give a may give way. Thus, what the world calls good business is only a way to gather up the loot, pack it, make it secure in one convenient load for the more enterprising thieves. Who is there among those called smart who does not spend his time amassing loot for a bigger robber than himself? In the land of Kai, Ki, from village to village, You could hear cocks crowing, dogs barking, fishermen cast their nets, plowmen plowed the wide fields. Everything was neatly marked out by boundary lines. For 500 square miles, there were temples for ancestors, altars for field gods and corn spirits. Every canton, county, and district was run according to the laws and statutes. Until one morning, the eternal attorney general Tian Kang Zhu did away with the king and took over the whole state. Was he content to steal the land? No. He also took over the laws and statutes at the same time, and all the lawyers with them, not to mention the police, they all formed part of the same package. Of course, people called Kang Zhu a robber, but they left him alone to live as happy as the patriarchs. No small state would say a word against him. No large state would make a move in his direction. So for 12 generations, the state of Kai belonged to his family. No one interfered with his inalienable rights. The invention of weights and measures makes robbery easier. Signing contracts, settling seals makes robbery more sure. Teaching love and duty provides a fitting language with which to prove that robbery is really for the general good. A poor man must swing for stealing a belt buckle, but if a rich man steals a whole state, he is acclaimed as statesman of the year. Hence, if you want to hear the very best speeches on love, duty, justice, etc., listen to statesmen. But when the creek dries up, nothing grows in the valley. When the mound is leveled, the hollow next to it is filled. And when the statesmen and lawyers and preachers of duty disappear, there are no more robberies either, and the world is at peace. 
moral, the more you pile up ethical principles and duties and obligations to bring everyone in line, the more you gather loot for a thief like Kang. By ethical argument and moral principle, the greatest crimes are eventually shown to have been necessary and, in fact, to signal benefit to mankind. Comments? I think the more complicated we make things, the easier it is to screw them up, which doesn't exactly make sense now that I said it out loud. No, it does make sense. <laughs> no, it does. The more shit you have, the more shit you have to be worried about, and you have to lock it up. And Oh, thanks, Marla. <laughs> and I think the more complicated they're making it, the more chance other people are having to kind of twist it around and take advantage of it. Yeah. Right? Because the all these laws and the statesmen and all of these different rules that they've put in place because they think they're good, these statesmen are coming in and they can twist them around and pretend that they're doing a good thing when they're doing a bad thing. Hmm. I there was a there's a proverb that says that uh uh tall walls invite thieves because they know there's something behind the wall or you wouldn't have the wall there to protect it. Logical. Um, I've had employees before that I knew were kind of walking the line, but I didn't ask a lot of questions because they were making me money. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that has something kind of the same kind of thought process, maybe. I don't know. You know, I didn't hold them to the same standard I held other employees because, you know, because they were making me a lot more money than the other employees. So I just let things slide that I wouldn't let slide with other people. Mm-hmm. Little things, nothing major, but, you know, little stuff. Let them park where I wouldn't let others park, you know, things like that, you know, just made it convenient for them. Um. It's interesting in the first one, the actual ways that they protected their valuables was used to steal their valuables. The ropes and locks and bolts, the the strength of their ropes and locks and bolts was what allowed their valuables to be stolen. If I'm reading that correctly. Mm-hmm. Dan? I want to share something. <laughs> um, okay. So I knew I recognized this story and I saw it um, paired up with a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Cool. Yeah. So this is uh, Lin Yu Tang's translation right and he's got this the safe cracker story um as correlated to verse 19 yeah do you mind if i read it no 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 please please okay all right so here's the the linear tang translation he says banish wisdom discard knowledge and the people shall profit a hundredfold banish humanity Discard justice, 
and the people shall recover love of their kin, banish cunning, discard utility, and the thieves and brigands shall disappear. As these three touch the externals and are inadequate, the people have need of what they get, to, what they can depend upon. Reveal thy simple self, embrace thy original nature, check thy selfishness, and curtail thy desires. Which I feel like, you know, Kate was saying in the very beginning, it was like, look, this is, yeah, there's material stuff that we're, we're talking about, but also we're talking about, all right, so, you know, he's, he's like, banish wisdom and discard knowledge. Does that mean, on the face value, that's like, oh, how could we, you know, I mean, that's like ridiculous. But I think, I think what we're, what we're saying here is banish the importance that we place on knowledge and wisdom. Right. So, so we're talking about, you know, when I make the ritual more important than the thing, when my prayers are just words, when my meditation is just me sitting there without the earnest intent for me to actually do something, then it becomes something hollow not in a good hollow, right? In, in, in the bad hollow, like it loses its meaning and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, a little bit of context. I think that there were taught, you know, this was like anti-Confucianism at the time, right? Which was like, don't place so much importance on all like the ritual and the rank and the achievements and the points and all that other kind of stuff. Just be right. Kind of like what we were talking about in the very beginning, you know, before we started the podcast. So, I just wanted to point that, you know, at least say, hey, cool, I found a cross-reference. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, right? Yeah. Having all the ritual without any content. Yeah, because what's what's the ritual in this case? It's the safe. Yeah. It's the chains, <laughs> right? Like, literally, like, oh, I have to, like, act a certain way so that I'm good so I can get to heaven. No, no, no. I, I need to be in harmony with the Tao so that I can experience life as it is and I can take in as much as I can so I can be that expression of the Tao right now, <laughs> which is where divinity is, right? I was thinking about freedom too and how we desire to be free and we think that we want to be free to be ourselves, but what I think we really want is freedom from ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's back to the relieve me of the bondage of self. Yes. Yes. It's not freedom to be me. It's freedom from me. Right. That's what we're after. So the chains and all those things. Yeah. That's what I was, uh, that's what I was thinking. You know, and I've, I've got that, Bob, you know, in Galatians about that, about being furry. You know, we talked about that a few weeks ago, I think. Didn't we? Didn't we quote that on this a few weeks ago? Do you remember it, Marla? Which one did we? About freedom. I'll look it up again because it's really applicable to, I think, to what we're talking about here. It's okay to quote Bible on the Dow podcast. I think it is. Um. Let me find it here. 
it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an, as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. So we destroy our freedom by doing whatever we want to do. Use your freedom, rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. So I thought, oh, so the freedom is not, I destroyed my freedom by doing what I want to do. The freedom is so that I don't have to do what I want to do. So I I thought that kind of paralleled this idea that, you know, that we're so wrapped up in our things, you know, Maybe sometimes we're, that's Galatians 5, 13 through 15 in the message version, if anybody wants to reference that. But yeah, it's freedom from us. So as long as we're concerned about keeping all of our things so closely, that's self, I think, a lot of times. That's or our things, whatever. And then, and then we're stuck being so consumed with self in some way that that consuming us being consumed with self is what actually traps us that's our ropes and locks and bolts it's our burden as human beings is to have an yes ego. i'm coming back in my next life as an american dog so treated so well. well i don't want you to be one of those on the pictures marla that try to get us to send money at christmas <laughs> no i'm with you marla i'll come back as one of my dogs for sure <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking when you were, were talking about the freedom, I was thinking about how these ropes and locks and chains, whatever, all it talks about that could have been a, a symbol of our disease and our addiction and how, um, how that just weighted us down. And then it, it made it easier for us to be swept away into that world of, you know, it, our soul to be robbed really um, because we were so um, tethered to our substance or, or whatever. Um, I was and, about, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. I was thinking about fear too, you know, and how a lot of times we have so much fear about losing something we have or get something we want that that actual fear of losing keeps us trapped and not it's like desire you know from hawkins we learned that the reason we don't have what we desire is because we desire it that we that we're trapped by our desire and that we stay in fear that we're not going to get something that we want and it keeps us from having from getting what we want it's like in business, when we're afraid of losing what we have, so we won't take the risk that we know we need to take to take it to the next level. That fear keeps us trapped. And with other things, too, if it's relationships that we're trapped in because we're afraid of losing this little thing that we have, so we won't move on. You know, those types, any of those things that where we make any decision based on fear, then it keeps us trapped. And I think we think we're protecting ourselves like this, like this 
we're think we're protecting our money with the safe or with these rules in the second story we think we're protecting society and protecting the people but we're actually keeping ourselves bound but we we're fooling ourselves yeah very good kate i knew you'd come through kate how about in aa where we let anyone, we have no rules, no one in charge. We have the traditions that uh, where, uh, let me look at one of the, tra- let me see here, what which one I want to, a lot of the traditions uh, help, like each group being autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole where there's so much freedom in AA for for groups to do anything that they want to do that AA realized that they if they made rules to make the group stay in line that it was actually going to hurt the groups rather than help them all those things that we learned from the traditions um rule 62 yes do not take yourself so damn seriously. Yeah. That's actually what I thought. Look, he's got the coin. That's actually what I thought about when I read the the last part was was rule 62. The more rules you have and we need to be the least possible organized organization. <laughs> That's another paradox. Yeah, exactly. This is just stressing the stressing why the traditions work in AA too. I hadn't thought about that, but it does. And how we can do, we can apply the same principles to our own life. You know, the more freedom that we give serving one another in love, that allows our freedom to grow. And the more we operate on our fears, the more bound we are when we're thinking we're protecting ourselves, when really what we're doing is harming ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. Cause like, let's say that AA was like this institution and you could be a president of AA and you can do all this other stuff. Right. And it was like rules and regulations and I had all the money and all this other kind of stuff. Well, it would be like that kingdom that dude for 12 generations held. Right. And people would covet it and people would try to take it and just like a whole bunch of mess. Right. So yeah, I really like, yeah, I mean, that's dope, right? Like this story of the safe cracker lines up so well with their traditions of AA, right? Like it's, it's nice. It just nests so, so nicely. I never, I, I hadn't even thought about that either beforehand. There's nothing to steal. No, that's the thing. <laughs> when you have nothing to protect, you don't have to work on all the fear of, of protecting, you know. Like who wants AA? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Bunch yeah, of unruly, selfish alcoholics, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I I heard someone talk about uh, a while back. They said, "Well, who's in charge? Who's running things? Nobody's. Nobody. How can no one be running this?" And it works every time. Now, now sometimes it's aggravating, 
you know, when you have, you know, 20 different people from 20 different backgrounds trying to make decisions and all thinking have different ways that they think, but gosh, it ends up working out because people, everyone comes with a different level of acceptance and a level, you know, and you realize that you're here for one common good and your good is to help another alcoholic that's struggling. So as long as you keep that as your focus, just like here, it's talking about protecting your belongings. Is that really supposed to be our goal? Are you no. talking about material belongings or are we talking about this is what they were trying to yeah see that's the thing you know um yeah but I'd argue that if if we're doing it right we have no spiritual belongings because we give it all away oh good point oh. okay like the spirit of the story right like there's nothing yeah. to steal yeah Cause that's the thing. Like, you know, I become, you know, I have, I see truth. I see God moments. I pray for knowledge of God's will for me. Right. And I see that, Oh wait, it's just awareness that I'm, so there's, it's been there the whole time. It belongs to everybody. And the more I use it, the more I get it, the more I give it away, the more it returns, the more messy group conscious in which I participate, the more tolerant I become. Yeah. And if I'm talking about belongings, like physical, like things, the less things I allow myself to have, really the happier I am. The more things I accumulate, the more I'm obsessed with protecting those things, the more locks and ropes and things I put to protect those things. You know, the next step they tell me is with money is I have one laptop that all I do with it is access my finances. I do nothing else on that laptop except my finances. And I'm like, I don't want to go to that level. You know, those things that it's rock, it's ropes and locks and all these things that we're told to do in order to protect these. And I'm like, I don't know. So, you know, it's, it's just more of that. If we're not careful, we can get trapped in all of this fear and just get obsessed with it and waste all of our time on our ropes and locks and bolts. I don't know. It's uh, the less I have a lot of times, the easier my life is not the opposite. There's something to be said for that. I don't know where that fits, but there's something to be said for that. Hmm good conversation yeah i was just going to corroborate on that um you know uh i started um doing some teaching in my life and i before you know my, my my wife was you know i was like oh i need to do this in business and that and this and that and my wife was like dan you're a teacher and i'm like well that sucks i don't want to be poor right <laughs> 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 and then I started doing it and I was like, this is what I've been looking for the whole time. Fuck the money. Like, yeah, I, I have, you know, material needs, but man, they're so little. And, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, what I, what I, you know, what a brand new car be cool. Yeah, sure. But man, it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me like that. 
like what I'm doing, like what, when I'm practicing my purpose, that's, that's the real thing, man. That's, I've, you know what? I can never, I've had times in my life where I have like more money than I needed and that I knew what to do with. And I had times where I'm like super poor and I need money. Right. And now I have these times where I have enough to do what I need to do and to live and to take care of myself and be responsible financially. But not so much that I'm like blinded from the joy that I get from fulfilling my purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, you cannot put a price on that or I can't anyways. So it's priceless. Not getting hooked by the fear that comes with trying to protect the things that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that when I'm teaching yoga, it's like, wow, this is where I need to be. This is where I feel it. Like where my heart is. It's, you know, it's a joy. I just don't get the opportunity as much. Well, it transcends like everything else. It's like, this is the missing piece. (laughs) Right. For me anyways, it feels I mean, there's a bunch of pieces, right? But like this piece like eluded me for a long time. It was like, what am I supposed to be doing? You're right. Mm-hmm. Must feel good. It feels proper. Proper. Like, like this is like correct. A this is how it should be. <laughs> That's teacher speak. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist, Dan. Sorry. That's cool. It's cool. Uh, comments, guys. Comments. How about these other two stories? We got a lot out of the first one. Or these other stories. Uh, so they, they so in the second one, the guy took over the country and they tolerated him because he still managed the country well and the people prospered. Is that what that's saying? The dictator? I read it as him being a dictator. Yeah. But he must have taken care of the country or they would have rebelled, right? Mm, I don't know. I just assumed that. I don't think the people in South Korea rebelled too much. I don't know. I was just trying to think if we've missed anything out of the rest of those stories because we got a lot out of the first one. I don't know. I don't see as much in the others. That's all I have. That was a lot. Well, we I, th- I think we saw some good things there. It's never a waste of time. I think it always comes back to balance on the where it talks about. I don't know which story this is or whatever, because I printed this thing out. So when it talks about the creek drying up and nothing grows in the back. When the mound is leveled, the hollow next to it is filled. Um, I think that's about balance. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to bring everyone in line. Um, could, it, could, could it be part talking about that pendulum too? That when we create one extreme, we create its opposite. Yep. Like if we get a lot of riches, we're going to create thieves and robbers. Yeah. You know, that, that, that idea. This is, yeah. When the statesman and law, uh, the Holland, uh, 
And when the statesmen and lawyers and preachers of duty disappear, there are no more robberies either. And the world is at peace. So it's learning to live above that pendulum in that place of what? Serving one another in love, letting our freedom grow. Maybe. Just doing the next right. If we do the next right thing, we don't need preachers and laws and rules. And I think that's why we start living outside of organized religion because we realize that that's not given a that's that world of you know duty preachers of duty you know of statesmen and lawyers that whole idea of work harder and do better the bleeding deacons and AA perhaps mm-hmm. but if I work harder and do better I'm creating lack too because I'm using my effort to make the one so I'm making the opposite of it when really, you know, if we just do the next right thing, we don't need all of that. And I'm not going to steal from somebody if I'm doing the next right thing. I think the last couple of, uh, well, the last bit, the greatest crimes are eventually shown to have been necessary. And in fact, a signal benefit to mankind, bringing it back to recovery. It was absolutely necessary for me to become an alcoholic an addict to get to this solution that I have today. Um, At first I didn't look at all of that as beneficial or good in any kind of way. It sucked at the suckiest level. And um, now I can look back and that greatest crime to myself, if you will, um, has been the best thing that ever happened to me because here I am. In, in a place of serenity that I never even thought was possible. That's good, Amy. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, you. well, well put. Can totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's a great analogy for that. Wow. That's good. Thank you. I think we'll just end on that. That's good with everyone. Sensei, I told him just to wait till the first of the month and we'll just do Verse four, the first week of December. It's my fault that uh, we weren't prepared for today. He had emailed me. So I apologize, guys, for giving you such a late notice on this. But it seemed to work out okay. It worked out great. Yeah. As always. Spontaneous. Our minds were empty before we even came into the meeting. It's amazing to me the times that that happens. There's no way. Because I came into this with nothing. I mean, I had the freedom thing. That was it. (laughs) That's all I had. And I was like, hmm, um, I hope, you know, we'll just see, you know. Dan, I wanted to share something with you. I've been listening to your podcast maybe two or three or four a week. And I feel like I know you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I keep like Dan into my head all week long. It's really bizarre. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, I've been touting it. So I've been telling a lot of oh, people about it. Thank you, Marla. Thank you. Okay, so it's it's a podcast called the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living, and we go through each verse of the Tao Te Ching, one episode at a time. We read it, plain English uh, explanation. Read it again. Uh, then I talk about you know my experience with that particular verse for the week, and then uh, a way that we can actually apply the verse. 
uh, usually with some introspection, with some meditations, and then close it out with a final reading of the verse, uh, and then a week to think about it. Anyways, that's that's my rhythm, and some folks might have a different rhythm when they listen, but it's been uh, an awesome journey for me. Uh, one incredibly fulfilling that could never have happened without people listening to it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. And it's it's pushed just me personally to, wow, uh, you know, that's all I can say is, wow, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it comes, we can it comes through in your yeah. podcast the way you feel about it. So yeah. we're all, I'm all over it. Yeah. And that's how we well, connected. We connected through yeah. Dan's podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, like, you know, at the beginning, I was like, how do I monetize this? And all this, it was a thought that I had, right. And everybody's looking at me like, damn, this is a lot of content. This is a lot of work. What are you going to, and I was like, you know what, let me just let it ride and see what happens. And I'll tell you what, uh, whether it's monetized or not ever, the amount of feedback that I've gotten connected with so many awesome people over it. Uh, it's been a gift that's, I don't know, I, I, maybe not in monetary ways, but in other ways it's paid for itself like a thousand times over. So, and I'm not even done with the whole thing. Like, you know, I just got done with writing up verse 64 th- this morning. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. It's really, it's amazing. Thank you, Marla. Thank you for listening to that. Well, guys, anything else before we close? Thank you. Greg, I want you to be a I want you to be a little quieter next week, okay? Yeah, that you've talked way talk. too much. Yeah. Stop talking enough. Guys, egomaniacal. Anyways, <laughs> good night, you guys. See you next week. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next time. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.